So there's a dark side to being an electrician because it's not all sunshine and roses. If being an electrician was the best job in the world, then everyone would do it, surely. But of course, yes, there is better jobs out there. Like being a food taster. I've always wondered how you get a job being a food taster. Tasting food all day and getting paid. Yeah, a bit like a dream job. I always talk about the success and the fantastic things you can be to become an electrician or the fantastic things you can do to become an electrician. But today, I'm going to flip that on its backside and tell you about the things to expect, the bad side of the things about being an electrician. If you're an electrician listening to this, then yeah, you probably can resonate with a lot of them. And if you're training to be an electrician, well, this is what you got to look forward to. Welcome back once again to Toolbox Talks for Electricians. My name is Ben Poulter, your host. And I always talk about the good things about being an electrician, the money you earn, the fantastic jobs you do, the customers you have. But today I'm going to moan. Today I'm going to talk about the things that electricians, yeah, we all moan about. Because we all know that electricians, yep, they like a good moan every now and again. And the first one, it couldn't be more relevant for today. Because what is it now? It's January 2004 and it is bleeding cold they say it's the coldest january we've had we've had since 2019 well i know that weren't too long ago to be honest but yeah it is cold out there and for electricians we're always forever using our hands and fingers we need our fingers to terminate these little small terminations like just to get even just to get them shoved into a wago and when it's bitterly cold outside and your fingers are numb you're constantly sitting there trying to warm your fucking hands up all the time and being an electrician, it's not like the other trades where you can get your nice fit gloves on and yep, you can dig a big hole and you can have your nice fit gloves on and keep yourself warm by keeping yourself moving. Electricians, yeah, they can they wear gloves, but you, you need to feel sometimes. You need to be able to feel the terminations. And when it's wet, cold and windy outside, yeah, I know I resonate with a lot of electricians. I hate it. But I'm not saying it's the cold weather that I hate. It's being working in the cold weather, having to use your hands and fingers. Because, yeah, shove me on a snowboarding trip in the middle of Austria, I'm there. And another thing is, with the cold weather, when you're trying to run an armoured cable in the cold, and it's freezing cold, it doesn't want to go straight. It's sat on that drum, coiled up. So when you unroll it, it's going to stay sort of twisted. And it doesn't want to unroll. It's freezing cold. So you've got to sort of force it in position. It makes it... That makes a job a lot harder. It may be a little things, yes, the cold weather, but electricians, yeah, I don't believe they get on well in cold weather. We don't like it. And more than likely, when it's the other end of the spectrum where it's boiling hot day and you're asked to go in a loft to run some cables, yes, you will sweat your nuts off. Yeah, we'll probably moan about that as well. Timekeeping as an electrician, that's another thing that, I'd like to think I'm good at by saying, yes, this can take an hour, this can take half hour. But as you well know, as an electrician, when you get in your head, it's an half hour job, I can nip round there and get that done. It doesn't necessarily always turn out to be a half hour job. You leave your house because the dinner's getting ready saying, yeah, I've just got to nip and do this job quickly. Only to, to just to roll back in your house five hours later. It was a bit of a bigger problem than, than I anticipated sort of thing. Because yes, you can turn it to a job because that fuse is tripped. But why is that fuse tripped? And it's probably not... Sometimes it might be a matter of just flicking it back on and resetting that circuit. But 
yeah, it's not always that. There might be an appliance somewhere that's got in water. There might be a cable that's damaged. You've got to rummage around, do your testing to find out. And that takes time. A customer could easily phone you up and say, yes, my cooker stopped working. And in your head, you might think, yeah, that's probably just a loose connection or something. It's tripped the RCD because they're quite sensitive. And you nip around there. Yeah, it's probably wired as a spur off the ring main in 2.5 and melted. And because that's been drawing so much current, it's ruined the rest of the circuit. But that that customer, they need their sockets in the kitchen. They want their sockets in the kitchen. And then to justify getting paid for that call out, you've got to get it back on and working. So you've got to explain to them what you've got to do. And that job that could have been a five-minute job, yeah, it turns into easily all day. And I think being an electrician, this does happen a lot. You always think it's going to be a nice, easy job, and it never is. And it's probably the reason sometimes that a customer will call the electrician, because they've done it themselves. And it doesn't work. So they thought, right, I've done the donkey work. I've laid the cables in. I've maybe terminated it, but it doesn't work. So now I've got to call in professional to find out why it doesn't work. So the next one, I'm not going to say that electricians are renowned for, well, being scared or moaning about hard labor. But you think as an electrician, a switch or a socket, it's not that heavy. We've got screwdrivers. Yes, our heaviest thing is probably an SDS drill, what we have in our hands. But every now and again, we've got to dig a trench in a garden to bury a, a still wired armor cable that goes up to the shed or the summer house. I am not a fan of digging. Digging is for maybe the apprentice or you bring a laborer along. If you know you've got to dig a four foot, ten, a four foot trench for this cable, bring some along with you. I'm not a fan of digging. I will do the digging. Don't get me wrong. I'm not scared of hard work, but I'd rather not. Especially when you've got to dig sort of a, a 70 meter trench all the way up the side of the garden. If it's cold, that ground's going to be rock solid. And if it's warm, then that ground's going to be muddy. And I'm not a flower, but I don't like getting dirty half the time. I've got to make sure if I'm doing a job like that, I make sure I take my wellies. And like I say, I know every spark will get on and do it. They'll do the job. But I guarantee you... I'll probably moan about it 90% of the time. Now this next one, like most sparks, yeah, they're fit and healthy because, well, maybe you got to be to get around. But every now and again, there's a fat geezer. There's a bit of a geezer that's overweight and is a sparky. You can't really be a fat sparky. There's certain places where, I don't know why, but they stick that fuse board underneath the stairs in that small-ass cupboard where you get to sit on the floor. I'm a six-foot guy, and I struggle to get in there sometimes. Or you've got to get across a loft, and maybe the extractor fan doesn't work, and it's right over the corner of the, the, the loft space. So you've got to crawl across them joists. You've got to be quite agile, I think, as a sparky to be able to climb across these things and to get into these small spaces. As a fat geezer, you're not going to be able to do it very well, are you? And although I know that electricians' materials, what we use, are not always that heavy, but you still need to get your hands in them small spaces. You still need to get your head round, maybe, to have a quick look to see what the hell is actually going on behind that unit. Has someone done a join? Or, I don't know, in the loft, you've got to dig it out and find. You've got to get your head over there. You've got to be able to see. You can't just sometimes shove your camera. This is where your mobile phone comes in handy. I shove my phone in all sorts of holes. I've dropped it down floorboards and everything. Obviously, I've made a point of having to dig down and get it. But you do. You use your phone to be able to see places. And this is a bit tough for electricians. It's a bit annoying. 
I was told once about an electrician. He had an accident. I'm not sure how it happened, but he'd lost his little finger. But that made it perfect for him to stick it in downlight holes and find the cables and fish the cables around. Because have you ever tried, if you've got big hands, you can't get them inside them downlight holes. They're a bit, well, too big. Your knuckles are too big. You've got to squash them down and you get scratches up the side of your arm or up the side of your hand. But if you can knock a little finger, then, yeah, your hands are sort of built for that job. It's quite convenient. And the next thing I know that can get on electrician's nerves because it gets on mine is when, yes, obviously a customer will call up and say, yes, I need a light fitting changed. And yes, you'll say, no problem. It's sort of £100 to change your light fitting. You'll turn up. Yeah, the light fitting is like a three grand chandelier. <sighs> like, I wish you would have explained this on the phone. The chandelier costs 10 times more than the bleeding job. So... You've got to take precautions to be extra careful. It's a bit like that meme that um, Rodney and Delboy do. When they do a chandelier, it drops to the floor. They pack up and shoot off. You, you know you've lost your money already. If you break that chandelier and you've got to pay for it, you're pretty much screwed. Because although yet yeah, you don't want to drop a normal life fit in what you're putting up, you won't drop it. You, you suppose you've got a bit more confidence because it doesn't matter if it does. It's part of a £100 life fit in. You can probably replace it or repair it. But a three grand, three grand crystal life fit in... That's going to make a massive dent in your pocket. So I only talk about this because this is from experience. Is what happened to me. There's a three grand chandelier we had to put up. I couldn't do it on my own. It's not something I was going to do on my own. I had to get a couple of other lads. We had to build a tower. I had to get some steel wire to support that fitting before I connected it up. Inside the loft, it was a bit of a bigger job than the customer sort of said. They, they obviously assume life fittings are light fitting. Not necessarily. Luckily with that one, the customer was happy with the extra time and the extra cost that it took. But again, this is a scenario where you think, yeah, I could get that job done on the way home, like half hour job. It's not. It's not. It, it turns into sort of five hours. I was there half a day building the tower. Make sure the tower doesn't ruin the glass banisters what we had up there as well. And then make sure it's dead center inside that stairwell where we built the tower to get inside the loft to support it and to make sure that that light wasn't going to fall down as soon as I left. Now, for electricians, we go to college. We go to college to learn the trade, to learn about the electrics, how to install it safely and how to install it properly. And we do make mistakes along the way. This is how you learn. If you don't learn from your mistake, then there's no point in doing the same mistake twice. But you learn from your mistakes. And I know for a fact that I've made a few mistakes over time, but I've learned from them. So when you turn up to maybe a customer's house and they're sitting there going, yeah, all you need to do is this, all you need to do is that. Why the flipping hell am I here, mate? Like, why did you call me up if you know how to do it? I know why they're saying it because they say to you straight away, this is a nice, easy job for you. You want to be arrogant and say, I'll be the judge of that, mate. Let's have a look. But you've, it's a customer. You've got to be nice and say, right, it's fantastic. This is a nice, easy one for me. Great. Explain to me how it's going to be easy. And then they go ahead and explain, oh, all you've got to do is this. Okay, what about this? What, what about make sure it's right? What about if that circuit you can't come from me? So if that's not a ring main, how can you shove a socket off there? I hate it when a lot of people, they see a light switch. Then they say, right, I just want a socket underneath. You can just come from there. You're just proving to me, mate, that you haven't got a clue. So please don't tell me how to do the job. Just tell me what you want, and I'll tell you how much it's going to cost. 
But in my experience, the only reason why they talk you through the job to sort of dumb it down in their head, possibly, to say, yeah, should only cost around 100 quid this job, nice and easy. They'll give you a figure to start with. They'll give you a figure of what they want to pay. And unfortunately, when you call someone to do some work, it doesn't necessarily work like that. They tell you how much it's going to cost. And you get this feeling with certain customers, you know how it's going to pan out in a way. You send them across the, the quote to say, right, this is a £1,246.20. You'd always get an email back saying, right, can you do it for a grand cash? <laughs> no. What's the matter with you? This is the quote. This is what it's going to cost. And there's VAT on that. I've had it before where people have come back and they've had the quote. And on my quotes, it specifically says plus 20% VAT. I'm VAT registered, so I have to charge VAT on the invoices. Oh, I didn't know there'd be a VAT added on. Did you not get that invoice that I sent you where it said plus 20% VAT? Circle it, send it back. I don't mind people paying, paying, trying to play naive and things like that, trying it on, which is fine. But it's a waste of my time sometimes. I should really charge you more. I should say, right, now that, that quote or that invoice has gone up because I've had to spend time explaining to you how to pay your bill. People aren't that thick. They're just trying it on. And I think they know sometimes they think I'm just going to badger him down, badger him down, badger him down. Till he gives me a cheaper quote. Well, these are the sort of people that you put on your list. Not going to work for again. And I'll admit, though, as an electrician, these sort of customers, yeah, they don't come along all the time. They come along every now and again, and you have to bump into them. You have to deal with it. You know exactly how to deal with it, because you've done it maybe two or three times over the past 20 years. But on the subject of customers, have you ever worked in a customer's house where they're basically looking over your shoulder constantly like... I don't know whether they're looking over your shoulder because they think you're going to do it wrong and I need to explain to you how to do it. Or whether they're just interested in what you're doing. I just find it flipping annoying because maybe when you're, they say, right, there's a problem with this socket. So they think you're going to get your kit out, sit at that socket and fix it. Not necessarily. Got to go to the fuse board to test it, to turn it off possibly, to work on it. I've got to test the ongoing circuits as well. And I've been to properties before where I've said, look, excuse me, but I have to go into the other room as well because that's where the circuit's fed from. Something's gone wrong along the line, so I need to find out. I've got to test. Oh, well, you can't turn it back on. This is how it works. It's not safe. And people have said to me before, no, no you can't go in that room, mate. Unfortunately, mate, I need to. And I knew exactly why I couldn't go in that room. The whole place stunk of weed. He had a little grow in his spare bedroom which fair play do what you want to do but i'm there to fix the sockets so can i just get in there but you know for a fact why that socket's burnt out because of plugged flipping 20 lights into it or 20 heaters into it so they know what the problem is but they think electrician's going to come along and magically flip his wand and it's all going to work again if you've melted the cable mate there's a reason but it's not always the case that they're up to no good possibly as well because I have been to properties before where I've said look I've got to go into sort of every area of your house to find out what the problem is and this one house said, I don't I don't think you can go into that room like, why not why can't you go in there obviously had to go in there it's full of cats and cat poo it stunk and I said unfortunately maybe the fault is in there I'm, I'm not going to mess around in cat poop. I need to get my wellies on to walk in there to start with. It was rank. But 
these are the sort of jobs where these do your head in sort of thing. When the customers don't understand that you will need to go all around the house. If there's a wire, it doesn't just magically appear there. It's fed from somewhere. It goes all along the floorboards or it goes up the wall. It goes around the the building sort of things. You've got to chase it out. There's a fault somewhere. And more than likely, it's probably in that room where it's a bleeding mess or you've got a bit of a grow room. And all these struggles that I do talk about that are a bit of a nightmare for electricians, the thing that makes it worth your while, we get paid. End of the day, there is some nightmare jobs and there is some fantastic, beautifully jobs. You think, if someone asks you, what would you rather do? There's this house that's lived here and I've got five kids and it's a three bed with stuff everywhere. I'm a bit of a hoarder, so I've got loads of stuff, but I need the house rewiring. <laughs> the quote's going to be a little bit different to someone that comes along with the exact same house and says, right, it's empty, mate. I'm moving out for a month. You can crack on. I'd rather do that house that is completely empty. I think the difference in that price is going to be around £1,000 because you're going to be moving people's things around. You've got to put things back all the time. Yeah, it turns out to be a bit of a nightmare. And this is why when an electrician comes around to give a customer a quote, we give them a quote to say, look, this, this is how much it's going to cost. I've been to your property. I've assessed the situation, so to speak. And this is how much it's going to cost for the job to be done. You can't barter down on the price. <laughs> It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Not in my eyes. It may be used to back in the day, but there's so much work out there at the moment that if you don't want it done, I'm sure there's five or six other people that are going to want it done. But what is that price? What price do you sort of work out to give your customers? How much do you need to earn as an electrician? Because every electrician, their personal circumstances, they are different. This is why you should check out the other podcast, How Much Should Electricians Earn? There's a template in there that will help you figure out how much you should be charging as an electrician to make a decent profit in your electrical business. I'll leave a link to that podcast in the show notes down below. And until next time, I'll see you again.